Hi, friends. Welcome to the Church Abused Coach podcast with me, Laurie Sullivan, an author, teacher, wife, mother, Nana, ex-minister's wife, survivor, Jesus-loving daughter of a fantastic, faithful, and ferocious God. If you, like me, have been abused by a minister or church and want to be heard, to heal, to live in hope, I am so glad you're here. In this podcast, we will break the silence on this issue, actively pursue healing, and determine, choose, pick, declare to live victorious anyway. Are you ready for that? Come on, grab that coffee, pour that tea, sip your straw, and let's begin. Your youth pastor always made you feel really special. He was one of the bright spots in your 13-year-old life. Nothing in your experience prior to meeting him told you that sitting on his lap was wrong. Is this you? Did this happen? Sexual abuse is what this is. And it is happening in the church where young, vulnerable children are being targeted, prepared, if you will, for a no-boundary reaction to a predator. And God's thinking back now, does it seem off, right? That moment, those moments as a child, a vulnerable teenager, when the pastor touched you, when he said you were so special. Looking back as an adult now with children of your own, maybe, it begins to dawn on you that something was wrong. You would never want the minister to touch your kid or talk to your kid that way. So now what? How do you process what happened? And how do you find the healing? Well, my friend, run to Jesus. Friends, honestly, this happens more than you want to know, more than I want to know. But what I do know is enough. And I can tell you that my ex-husband, and I can tell you that my ex-husband was this kind of a predator. And the effects of the broken trust and the abuse of power over a child is lasting. Of course, if you are that person, I didn't need to tell you that. You, you know that if someone has done this to you. And what makes all of this always so much more sinister is that the abuse happened in church and at the hand of the man of God. He touched them, those teenage girls. He gave them attention. He made them feel valued, rubbed their shoulders. Long-term effects, those are real. Abuse in the church, it's lobe. But equally true, equally true, is the fact that God is about the healing. And I know a lot of people say, okay, if God's involved, then how does it even happen in the first place? Uh, uh. C.S. Lewis wrote, The Problem of Pain. There's a book to cite. 
here's a quick thing that always runs through my mind when I think of why the evil is here in the first place, right? We are not in heaven. This is not heaven. I think the disciples were confused too in the time of Christ when he came. They thought the Messiah is going to clean this business up with Rome. The Messiah is going to relieve us from this political oppression. And all of it's going to be hunky all of it's going to be hunky dory here on earth. And Jesus was never about that. He never was about that. He was always trying to explain to the disciples that the kingdom of God is in your hearts. And this is a future kingdom where God is in charge. And you can read the book of Revelation. There is coming a day. Read the end of the book. This this earth isn't going to last forever. And if you ever get confused about, well, it's pretty good here, then always these moments remind you, oh, this is not heaven. We live, and I say this all the time, in, well, not in, we live east of Eden. When Adam and Eve sinned, when they did exactly what God told them, when they did exactly what God told them not to do, not totally unlike your 11-month-old child who does exactly what you tell them not to do. Um, when they did it, God had to cover them, right? And exile them from Eden. And they couldn't go anymore into a paradise where they didn't have to work. I mean, let's just enjoy that thought for a second. They didn't have to actually do anything. Uh, except enjoy the garden. But we don't live there. We do not live there. We lived east of Eden. This place has pain. This place has sin. Luke Bauer, a new Christian music artist, well, new to me, okay? Let's just say it's new to me. Luke Bauer writes in his song, Not Miss Eden in My Bones. Shout out to my daughter-in-law for introducing me to that song and to Luke Bauer. There is Eden in my bones. He's writing about this. Let me give you the context of the rest of it. It starts with something in my soul says, there's a better place than this. I'm a stranger in my own skin because there's Eden in my bones. If home is where the heart is, then this world is not my home. Mm, we got to do it again. Something in my soul says there's a better place than this. I'm a stranger in my own skin because there's Eden in my bones. If home is where the heart is, then this world is not my home. And that is so true, people, when we realize, so true, people, when we realize any kind of sorrow, any kind of sin, any kind of betrayal, any kind of disappointment. We need to recognize, wow, you know what? This place is not home. And Luke Bauer goes even further to say, even within our own physical made from dust bodies, there is some 
sin in there and there is a need for paradise, a need for heaven. Um, we need to go home and not yet. So Christian sister, in this wretched place, and I don't want to say wretched all the time because don't you see God like in so many places? Honestly, nature, nature gets me every time. And nature gets me every time. And, and, and it gets me too when I see kindness, just kindness, or I, just beauty. I, I, I know that, that God's, his, his handprint is here. His, his ideas are here and it's amazing and it's beautiful. And I think, God, if you thought this place up in six days, like I'm all about what heaven's going to be for sure, but we're not there yet. So my dear Christian sister who experienced this kind of betrayal, I am talking to you. Maybe it's been years now. You love God. You absolutely treasure your faith. And yet there is this memory, a memory that you really don't even want to take out of the box. I always think of things like that, like in a, a little box with a, a detachable lid. And I'm like, mm, putting that in there, put the lid on that. Um, used to do it in my classroom too. I, I, had, I had a box like that and I would give a student a sticky note. And there were, I, I remember distinctly one time there were two girls who always liked to get out of class with uh, a drama a drama or two or drama of the day and I'm not saying that their dramas were not actually rooted in something because my students dealt with more stuff than I have ever known in my life and my heart broke for them in fact that in the school I'm referencing that's where my husband and I ended up adopting a teenage girl Come on, God, that was a God thing. But there is a lot of sorrow. There is a lot of sorrow, absolutely. But these girls, every day, would try to find a way out of class to go to the nurse, to go to the bathroom, to go talk to the counselor, et cetera, et cetera. So one day I thought, I'm going to try my box. I gave them a sticky note when they came in. I went out in the hallway, talked to them privately, and showed them my box. And I said, girls, I want you to write down your sadness right now. Whatever it is, just write it down. And now I invite you to put it here in this box. And so they did it. They're wondering what is going on with her. And I took my lid and I put it on top. And I said, today, I would like for you to stay with me. Stay with me in class. And don't worry about your problem because it'll still be there. You know, and you can pick it up when, when the bell rings. But I'd like to have you for the whole time today. And it worked for a single day. So I don't want to say to teachers, you know, that's going to work all the time. But it was a lesson. They never forgot it. That sometimes you just have to put your stuff down and you have to put a lid on it and you have to go do something else. You do. Um, so now I'm talking to you about let's, let's look at some healing for what's in that box. Right? 
So if this is you and it's been years now and you have this memory and it's been put safely away somewhere like in my box, um, let's let it out enough to look at some healing through, again, song lyrics because you know Lori and God and how Lori has always been able to hear from God through the poetry of a song, through words, through this beautiful melodious music or not melodious music that would that grips us i always say in our emotions and jesus then i can start to think but i i really can't think and i don't think anybody can really think in trauma and so we have to calm it down and today i would like to use a song uh, again uh, because that's how God always did it. So it's Ann Wilson's song. I mentioned her last week and I said, check her out. Oh my goodness, she's so young. And yet her song, Sunday Sermons, kind of reso so resonated with me. Well, let's just be honest. I got a playlist, you know, on my Spotify. So Ann is topping the charts. And if Ann Wilson, if anyone knows Ann Wilson, and you want to introduce her to me and tell her Lori keeps talking to you about talking about you on our podcast, that'd be okay with me. All right, so here's some lyrics. Here we go. I'm reaching over here. Oh, I'm reaching over here. Okay. She says, seven years old, third row pew. I have to stop there. Yeah, I was like, girl, I know. I was four. I was four. Okay, seven years old, third row pew, John 3, 16. Now, you all know the scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, whoever, Anywhere, anytime, believes in him, shall have everlasting life. So when the writer was seven, sitting in the third row pew, the truth of John 3.16, something changed in coming off the page. That's a red letter Bible. Did anybody ever see that? Um, they don't do them all. I don't know. Maybe I just don't buy them. <laughs> um, but the words that actually came out of Jesus' mouth would be typed in red. So that's what she's talking about there. Red letters coming off the page, flooding my heart with amazing grace. I knew then I believed. And those roots run deep. Oh, it's so important. It is so important, my sister, that the roots of that relationship that's the best relationship in your life. That is the most lasting relationship in your life, you and Jesus. And those roots run deep. She writes, oh, I've been through some faith-shaking hard times, but nothing's gonna, nothing's gonna make me forget every one of those Sunday sermons. So let's just unpack that for a minute. The root needs to run deep. You made your commitment to Christ. And even though 
and maybe even more than that, not just even though there are hard times. When, let's let's talk reality. When there are hard times, when there are faith-shaking hard times. Yeah, that's two different things. There can be hard times, but faith-shaking hard times, those are different because they hit you at the core. And she determines that nothing, nothing is going to make me forget. And we go into the course. Every one of those Sunday sermons, every time that choir would sing, I would sing, I could hear my Savior calling, telling me how much he loves me, no matter what the world throws at me. I know his word is true. It all started with heart-stirring, spirit-moving Sunday sermons. And she writes, devil going to try to take me out of that church, but you can't take the church out of me. Devil going to try to take me out of the church, but you can't take the church out of me. Going to have my worries. Well, that's a part of life. But then I think of those stories about what my God can do. He's still moving like he did back then. Born again people, can I get an amen? I'm waiting. Amen. I do too. Ann Wilson, who wrote this with Benjamin Glover, Benjamin Glover and Jeff so oh, Sajka. Sorry, Jeff. Um, writers of this song, absolutely. I think of stories too. I always go to Hebrews eleven, and I think where where we are taken through a list of all the imperfect people who believed in God. And they are now in heaven and they are kind of you know they're they're cheerleading. They're rooting for us to make it like they made it. Um when the awful happens, when the faith-shaking moments happen, go to the stories of the people who have made it. Go to the stories about what God can do because he is still moving. And I'm gonna shout that amen. I, I ever get to one of those Ann Wilson, Wilson concerts and shout amen. We've all seen the proof. He makes all things new. Even all those faith shaken hard times. I never wanna stop remembering those Sunday sermons. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And we're not home yet. We are not there. We are here in the gunk, and we are not alone. We are not alone. And sometimes, don't you feel like you miss, you miss heaven? A place you've never even been. And you're sometimes you feel like, God, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. God, I'm so ready. I'm so ready to be in your presence, to not have to watch the nightly news, to not have to hear of another war, to not have to see a sign in a public bathroom stall that says, End Human 
trafficking, to not watch another person dress in black and do a funeral. Dear Lord Jesus, to never hear of a cancer diagnosis again, to never know that the church and the men of God who are parading as men of God, but who are really wolves in sheep's clothing. God, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of all the evil and I miss heaven. Sometimes I feel that way. And other times I think, God, I want to be part of the good though. That's my rebellion. My rebellion against all this evil is that I want good. And honestly, listeners, you are part of an answer to prayer for my broken, broken heart decades and decades ago when I said, God, please, please let me do something with this pain so that this pain has purpose, so that it didn't just exist, but it has purpose. And today it does because I host a podcast called The Church Abused Coach. And I am talking to you. I am there for you. My my business, Victorious Anyway, is full of resources. I'm learning more resources all the time. I've written a book that maybe can um, resonate with somebody married by myself, living a parallel life with a man hiding behind, with a man hiding behind the cloth. You can get that, you know, search that up, look at my website. I've written a journal that matches it called uh, Journal to Healing, Married by Myself, Journal to Healing. So you can work through your uh, topical issues uh, with or without reading the book. My sister and I wrote Happy Thoughts, a 31-day journal to cultivating joy. Um, all of those those things are my rebellion. I'm going to do something good. I'm going to do something kind. I'm going to do something purposeful. And this podcast part of that too. And I'm so grateful. I am so grateful that you listen. And I pray that God who gave this favor to me, that walked me through my faith-shaking pain and brought me safely, you know, back to belief, right? That God is going to do that for you. And check out my website. I also have coaching. I have coaching sessions, four of them. So I'm not a Christian counselor. I'm just a gal who lived this nightmare. And it would be my honor and my privilege to be able to help you through it. So you keep the faith you grab a song, you check out Luke Bauer this week or Ann Wilson and listen to songs of faith and let Jesus heal your heart. Heal your heart. God bless you. Hey friend, if you found hope in today's episode, would you let the world know? Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I would really love that. Hey, say hello on my Facebook page, Victorious Anyway. As together we break the silence, find the healing, and live victorious anyway. See you next week.